Okay, thank you so much, Maggie. Thank you, Jack and team, and happy birthday to Mark. Thank you for joining us today. And as you join us, I have a question for you. Have you ever been called generous? You know, I have been called many things. Some are nice and some not so much, but I'm not sure I have ever been called generous. You may have heard me tell of a time years ago that I picked up the phone to call out and it was immediately obvious that someone was calling me. I was a little confused, but the other person on the other end of the line was more confused as she said, hello, hello, is this the adorable poodle? Well, I responded, I've been called a lot of things, but I've never been called the adorable poodle. Now, at that time, there was a dog grooming business here in Maitland called the Adorable Poodle. So I've been called the Adorable Poodle, but I never remember being called generous. What about you? Could you be called generous? What an amazing compliment and evidence of the work of God in our lives if we were found to be truly generous. And that is the challenge and the exhortation for us today. As we wrap up our story on the Proverbs, we're, we are going to be dealing with generosity. And we generally use that term to speak of our giving and our sharing our resources with others in need. I will certainly touch on that today, but there are so many ways to be generous. In fact, my challenge to you today will be to consider all of the things of which we have spoken in our series, Wise Versus Lies, and then to ask yourself if you are generous in those areas. If you're willing and able, I would ask that you stand as I read from God's Word. I know that might be a little bit awkward as you're not here present, but if you're comfortable doing that, please do so. This is the infallible, inerrant, inspired Word of God. Beginning with Proverbs 3, verse 13, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. Then Proverbs 11. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And then back to Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Father, we ask that you would take the distractions from us today as they are swirling all around. We ask that you would give us ears to hear, feet to follow, give us hands to serve. And Father, we ask this only because already in our hearts, you have begun your good work. We pray in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Today, we're going to see three things. The call to be generous, the results of being generous, and Jesus the generous. First, let's look at the call 
to be generous. You know, after marinating on this issue of generosity and what scripture is saying, my working definition for you today is this. Generosity is our giving ourselves and our resources for the benefit and blessing of others. Generosity is our giving ourselves and our resources for the benefit and blessing of others. We give not for ourselves, not to get something back, not so someone else can see it and praise us. Pure generosity is for the blessing of others. The Hebrew word in Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 is a word I love. It's from Baraka, translated the generous or the one who blesses. And the reason I love it is because we have ministry partners in Bethlehem, in the Palestinian area there, right past where the wall separates them from Jerusalem. Danny and Joy and their family live there. They have a church called Baraka the blessing church, the generous church. And this is the city in which Jesus was born. The greatest blessing in the history of the world was born right here. And now the Baraka church continues to exist in order to be a blessing to those all around them. It's a very small group, which is diminishing because of the persecution taking place in that area of the world. And yet they are the ones who continue to be a blessing and they are truly generous. They have a home for the blind, which is amazing. They have a preschool, day school, ministering to all segments of the community, much like our MCP and OCS. They care for the elderly. They preach Jesus. Our friends there continue to pour out their lives as a blessing to others. How do you do with giving your very self and your resources for the blessing and for the benefit of others? Or does your focus revolve only around yourself? In Proverbs 11, the generous person gives freely and refreshes others. Proverbs does not tell us to be generous. Rather, it tells us about the generous person and woos us into that lifestyle. What does a generous person do? Well, the generous person gives freely, yet gains even more. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others is the generous person. Being generous, Baraka is described in various translations in the following helpful ways. The generous one is the one who gives freely, refreshes others, gives blessing, waters others. The original Hebrew here means one who saturates the other. And probably the most generosity that I have ever experienced has been on mission trips and other areas of the world. I can remember one year in a garbage dump in a ravine in Mexico City. Our group had served in a medical clinic and also in building a small dwelling for a family. And late one evening, this very humble family invited our group of 25 to eat a meal in their home. And actually, there was no way we could all get in their home. So we were standing all around it and out 
came this delicious chicken and rice and drink. Saul and Pilar, our ministry partners there, told us that this meal prepared for us cost a month's wages for this, this beautiful family. And it was given and it was shared with the greatest joy that you can imagine. It was true generosity at its purest. They were giving out of their poverty to bless us. Weeks ago, Mark started our journey for wisdom in chapter one of Proverbs. It simply states in chapter one, verse five, let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. Verse seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Mark tied, as does scripture, our gaining wisdom to our fearing the Lord, having a respect for the Lord, an awe for him, along with a very deep trust. More recently, Mark continued with our understanding of the heart, the core of our being. Proverbs 4, keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. And then Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And this is the foundation for our being able to hear the words of the Proverbs and to live them out. You remember that Tyler spoke of the words that we use in our relationship with other people. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18. Well, how do you use your words? You know what words have done to you, breathing in life or actually zapping the life out of you. But what about your words? I challenge you today to be generous with your words, using them to bless and to benefit others. I spoke of our forgiving each other a few weeks back. Proverbs 17, nine says this, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates friends. I call you today to be generous in granting forgiveness. Think of the one who has hurt you. Can you consider blessing others by forgiving? You've been challenged in the past weeks to get rid of envy and pride by Tyler. Now, I'm not going to challenge you, obviously, to be generous in your envy and pride, but rather in the opposite of those very things. If you look up the antonym of envy, it actually is generosity. Would you consider being generous in your generosity toward others? And rather than prideful, would you consider being generous in your humility, thinking more highly of the other person? Then Chuck spoke of our making our plans. Proverbs 16 says it this way, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Chuck encouraged us to cooperate 
confide, consult, and decide in the Lord? Would you consider doing those things, making your plans in such a way as to truly bless and benefit others being generous? Pete spoke of the healing of anger. Proverbs 14, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Pete challenged us to be a people of grace and mercy and thoughtfulness and even contentment. Again, I won't challenge you to be generous in your anger, but rather in the opposite. Would you be generous to others in mercy and thoughtfulness? Being generous means we are willing to inconvenience ourselves for the benefit and the blessing of others. You know, during this pandemic, there are many ways in which we can inconvenience ourselves in order to keep others safe or love and serve someone who is struggling. If you can't think of some ways, let me encourage you to come and talk to me. Um, You know, one thing that is an inconvenience and an irritation to me is in the grocery store. The one-way aisles. I always want, it seems, something that's just down the aisle, but I'd have to go the wrong way to get it. And I've done that, and I've seen the concern and perhaps even ire of other people as they've looked at me. So I've decided to walk around to follow the instructions. Now, that is such a minor inconvenience for me to make in order to possibly protect and to bless another person. And in reality, all of our actions to bless others will not be seen by others, and that is okay, and it's even good. The Lord sees and the Lord knows the heart. I would be remiss to speak of generosity today and not to mention our material wealth. Proverbs 3, verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Are you generous with what God has entrusted to you? If we were all to open our bank accounts to each other, would someone see our giving and think, that person is truly generous? And you know, it really doesn't matter what the other person would think, but what would God think? I love how Tyler has tweaked some of our language and speaks of giving to the Lord through Orangewood. We're not giving to Orangewood. We are giving to the Lord for his work being accomplished in and through us, both here and around the world. You know, I truly believe so many here are so generous, giving to bless and to benefit others. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And there may be others who struggle in this area, but how do you view your resources? Are they yours? Are they for your own enjoyment only? Or have they been entrusted to you? How might God want you to bless others by being generous with your financial resources? Do you know that your church could not possibly function without your giving of your time and your talent and your treasure? As we move back toward opening in-person worship, we're going to be asking you 
to consider how you can use your time and your talent and your treasure to be a blessing, to make Sunday mornings happen when things are going on all cylinders here. It takes dozens of people volunteering. To provide the online service now and into the future takes the generous giving of so many. Our ministries locally and throughout the world take funding. Will you consider how you might be generous? Take some time and consider, ponder how you view the little or the lot that has been entrusted to you. Are you the owner of it or the steward of it? As far as I can tell, in all of the Proverbs, there is only one prayer. Proverbs 30, the words of Agur, not Solomon. Listen to the profound words that he writes here in the form of a prayer. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Agur prays for honesty in his life and he prays that he would not be too rich or poor. And he tells why. If he has too much, he could forget about God. And if he has too little, he could curse God. This reminds me of a conversation I had with a very old missionary about 45 years ago. I asked him how we as God's children should view saving and investing. And he said this, well, I've always prayed that God would only give me what I can handle for his glory. Are you willing to pray that? It reminds me of Agur's prayer. God, give me only what I can handle for your glory. So we hear the call to be generous. That's our first point. And our next two points will go rather quickly. Let's move to the result of being generous. You have heard me say often, we are blessed to be a blessing. When we are generous in whatever area, one result is that others receive, others are refreshed, others are watered and they're blessed. And in the blessing, ironically, and yet in a very powerful way, a second result is that again, we too are blessed. Proverbs 11 says, one person gives freely yet gains even more. A generous person will prosper, will be refreshed, it tells us. Again, insight is given as we look at other translations. The one who gives freely grows all the richer, will be prosperous, will be enriched, will be watered. One translation taking the Hebrew literally says, he who gives blessing will be made fat. Metaphorically, Fat in scripture can mean to prospering. We should never give in order to receive, but the truth is that the one who blesses, who is generous, is often blessed in the blessing. 
Yes, we are blessed to be a blessing. But we could also say, as we are blessed and seek to bless others, we are blessed once again. For example, when you forgive and bless another, you yourself are freed and blessed once again. This blessing is about your maturing in the Lord. You know, God is not about your comfort, but rather about growing you and your character. Your being generous is truly about your character, showing itself in action. And the action is blessing others as you have been blessed. We can talk about our call to be generous and the result of being generous, but wisdom quickly leads us to the source and motivation of our generosity, which is Jesus the generous. Years ago, a friend I grew up with um, had her daughter ask her, Mom, what does it mean to be mature? Now, Paula has always been good with words, and she said to her daughter, Maturity is when you treat others nicer than yourself, when you love others more than yourself. And when she was telling me this, I was thinking, what a brilliant answer to the question. Well, her daughter's next question was, Mom, do you know anyone who is mature? And of course, the ultimate answer to that question is Jesus. We could tweak this story a little to say, what does it mean to be generous? And we could come back to our definition. Generosity is our giving ourselves and our resources for the benefit and blessing of others. Friends, I have been calling you to do something which you simply cannot do, not in your own strength and with your own resources. We must look to Jesus. There's no way for you to be generous with your words, truly blessing and benefiting others until you have received the words which the Lord speaks to you. Until you know the words of life as Tyler spoke, sharing the words of King David to Mephibosheth, saying to that one in need, you will always eat at my table. Then Tyler shared how in Zephaniah, the Lord generously sings words over, his bless, over us. We are his beloved. What about forgiveness? You can only truly be generous in forgiving when you come to grips with the generous forgiveness which God has purchased for you in Christ. What about our planning? Our plan making will only be generous, taking others into account, seeking to bless and benefit them when we understand that the Lord has so generously taken us, taken us into account in his sovereign plans for us. Jeremiah 29 says it this way, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for wisdom and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. As we ponder our anger and rather being a people of grace and mercy, we are powerless to be that until we have experienced the relationship of grace and mercy incarnate. That is Jesus. What about generosity 
in the financial area. We must look at the truly generous one, Jesus, the generous. As we experience his generosity of giving his very self completely, we then can extend generosity to others. When we read of the one who refreshes others in the Proverbs, we cannot help but think of God, the Father, Son, and Spirit. No one has ever been more generous than God, giving of self and resources for the benefit and the blessing of others. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And as we have experienced all he has given in his generosity, how can we not give and bless others? Jesus is truly the motivator and the source of any generosity that we extend to another. The themes we have seen in Proverbs are also prevalent in Paul's writings in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. God is so eager to bless. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And now notice how God enriches us to be generous and notice the result in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Another result of generosity, people giving thanks to God. That humble meal in Mexico made an impact. Three decades later, those who experienced it are still talking about it and giving thanks for what we learned and experienced that day. Do you realize that generosity is actually one of the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now the word for goodness here could also be translated generosity. One writer notes that it is rare to see generosity. And when that is so, the generosity might be called an exotic fruit. Now, in our midst, may generosity not be exotic, something rare and something someone would have to search for. May generosity be prevalent and frequent in our lives. Yesterday afternoon, Rita and I were with our granddaughters who are precious and rather generous young ladies themselves. When I received a text and it makes a huge point about generosity, never even mentioning it, simply by describing it as someone lives it out. Andy Stanley, pastor in Atlanta, wrote this and I quote, 
Sometimes I just want it to stop. Talk about COVID, looting, brutality. I lose my way. I become convinced that this new normal is real life. Then I meet an 87-year-old who talks of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protests, and yet is still enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging to him. No, he said slowly looking straight at me in the eyes. I learned a long time ago to not see the world through printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world with the realization that we love big. Therefore, I just choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. He patted my hand. Old man makes new friend. His words... Andy Stanley writes, collide with my worries, freeing them from the tether I had been holding tight. They float away. I am left with a renewed spirit and a new way to write my own headlines. Generosity, the fruit of the spirit, had become part of the elderly man's life. Generosity, you remember, is our giving ourselves and our resources for the benefit and blessing of others. We often think what others ought to do. We try to convince or guilt them or shame them into the next action or project. Don't tell someone how to live their life. Live it out in front of them in generosity and woo them in. That's what the elderly man did. And let me tell you, it works. One last thought as we close. When you research generosity, you quickly find that at its root is the idea of noble birth. Webster, being generous, he says, is of honorable birth or origin, high-born, We are generous friends only because of who we are, our identity, children of the King. King Jesus is truly generous. And as his children, we are high born and we are of noble birth. And as such, we are called to be generous in all of our dealings with other image bearers of God. For some of you, you are needing to be generous with family in your words, in your forgiveness, in your love, or perhaps in your patience. For some of you, you're needing to be generous with a friend or at work. For some of you, you have missed being generous with someone whom God has brought into your life. It may be a refugee or a minority. For some of you, you have fought against being generous with the wealth which God has entrusted to you. You have lived thinking it is yours when in reality you are simply the trustee. Let me encourage you to ponder 
wise versus lies. Have you ever known anyone who was generous? Have you ever known anyone of noble birth? How have you considered yourself? We may sometimes think of ourselves as ragamuffins, as no one, as of no importance. How wrong we would be because Jesus truly changes everything. Let us pray together. Our Father, we come to you this morning and to be generous, we need you. We thank you for the promise that you have made to us. Paul writes, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue that work until Christ comes again. Father, we ask that we would be able to see ourselves and others through your eyes. Encourage and strengthen us by your spirit. May Christ be honored in our midst. Amen.